make a hum, make a hum, make a content creator, and live streamer. For books and more, visit my website, www.jctheauthor.net. For my live streams, such as my author interviews and the Three-Headed Monster live streams, please visit me on IG and Twitter at JC Storyteller. Also on YouTube, as well as Facebook, facebook.com backslash jctheauthor. Salute. reading is fundamental. When you visit KB's Bookshelf, you can find books in multiple genres to entertain and educate. Writers can even find literary services of value to their success, like our ever-popular manuscript critique and book review. Reading allows us to escape, explore, and share our experiences. I hope you'll visit us today at www.kbsbookshelf.com and allow us to take you on your next adventure. a place you can get something for everyone? Butterfly Spirit LLC is a boutique that has you covered. From apparel, accessories, health and wellness products, and even custom design press-on nails. Visit us at ButterflySpiritLLC.com where comfort meets a piece of style. Welcome to the Get Caught Up Podcast. You're now tuned into our Book of the Month episodes. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Get Caught Up Podcast. I am your host, Untamed, and I recently got a message from my girl, Abby Penn, who told me to include myself when I'm doing these announcements, so I should include myself in the things that I say. So, let, look, allow me to reintroduce myself like I normally say for, for <laughs> Yes. I'm your host, a tame author, ghost writer, film producer, and your podcast host of the Get Caught Up podcast. And I am joined by my lovely co-host, Crystal, avid book reader and award-nominated book reviewer and book blogger, 
formerly my love of books, who has reintroduced herself as Books and Soul. How are you doing this evening, Crystal? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm so excited. So mm-hmm. y'all know when I get excited, I talk fast, but I'm going to slow down for this one. I know. But I'm I ready. Took, <laughs> I look. I took me a little sip of wine, so I won't be cackling and sniggling and giggling the whole time we're on the line. Yeah, because uh, you know I get excited and, and boy, my voice go up ten out this honey. <laughs> <laughs> right. I understand. So, but yes. Yeah, so before we get started with the show, I want to go ahead and do my due diligence to our sponsors and supporters. I have to give a shout, of course, to our host. Our website, which is Untamed Publishing, allow us to help you unlock your unlimited writing potential. If you are a new or even seasoned author or aspiring author, please visit our website at www.untamedpublishing.net to assist you with all of your literary needs. Again, that is www.untamedpublishing.net. Major love and shouts out to E-L-W-X-O-M-B, Keanu Denae, Exodus Morgan, Women of Vision, Tyler Landscaping, Jones Lawn Care and Pressure Washing, MC Lawn Care, and me and my son's lawn care, as well as Kesha Beauty and Butterfly Spear LLC for all of your continued and ongoing support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you guys, I have nothing to say because I want to dive into um, what we're getting into tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as you know, this year we are doing Book of the Month. And January, we had Miss Abby Penn with Behind the Mask. February was Miss Alexandra House with Temper Me. And for the month of March, it is none other than Last Stop from Innocence by Miss mm-hmm. Takira Allen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Miss Takira, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I am very well, thank you. Yes, and I am uh, going to briefly read your bio just to give people a little bit of background. And you're living under a rock. <laughs> you don't know who this lady is. <laughs> but, so I'm going to introduce her so you guys will know. So here is a little info on Miss Takira Allen. Takira Allen is the author of 14 titles. I think it's 17 now, isn't it? It is yes, 17. Seven, 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 that bio. <laughs> yes, but 17 titles, including the African American Literary Award nominated hit novel, Heaven Tale. In addition to being an author, she's a proud daughter of former Black Panther William Garland and sister to the late renowned Tupac Shakur. She has been featured in publications such as Us Weekly. Double XL Magazine and Don Diva Magazine feature four times in the top 10 urban books listing. Takira is a publishing author with Kingsman Books who purchased the Thicker Than Water series for national distribution, yet she still remains focused on building her entertainment company with her business partner, Sandra Motley. The pair recently developed Takira's novel, Heaven Tell, into an independent film with the same title, executive producing a movie under the company ASP Films with Takira as a first-time director and screenwriter. Welcome oh. to the UP hot seat, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's an introduction right there. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Making it do exactly what it's supposed to do. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Well, 
I'm excited, so we about to just dive in. But before we dive in, let me go ahead and read the synopsis for Last Stop from Innocence by Takira Allen. It's a nostalgic tale of first love, first laws, and the budding womanhood of a Black girl in the 90s. Tragedy flips Amor Brown's world on its axis right before she heads off to college. Having to sit tight for the summer, she chooses Jersey City, New Jersey the home of her estranged father to pass the time. Here in urban grit, a stark contrast to the comforts of suburbia, she reconnects with a long lost cousin for some final moments of summer excursions in rooting and evolving. But it could never be that simple, even if it were all so simple then. How much will Lamore have to lose in order to find herself? On the road to the woman she is becoming, and removed from the girl she is no more, one stop changes her path forever. Girls Just Want to Have Fun transforms into the kindling of summer romance tucked into the crust of good times, tribulations, close calls, and one hot summer in Jersey. Amor meets the guy, finds solace, heals fresh wounds, and battles the thorny relationship with her father, all while learning that heartache has no limits. Oh, do you know how many songs popped in my head from the 90s? Love and I Limit, like all Look, these popped girl, in. <laughs> let me tell you, as soon as you hit that, well, as soon as I read, when I first read it, so when you said it again, yeah. I thought it could all be so simple. I was simple. Like, Lord Hill. Lord Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The like, 90s was God. the best, yes. like the best. The best yeah. ever, ever. It the best ever. <laughs> yes, Never not at all. Yes. So listen to Kara. You know what? You wrote such a complete story. Thank that you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, it was hard in the questions to ask because mm-hmm. I swear before the Lord in heaven, I have never read a book that was so complete in my life. <laughs> wow. And I wanted a sequel, knowing I don't even need one. <laughs> right. Because I, I just didn't want these characters to leave me. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. So I didn't my, either. Yeah, like no nobody does. Like oh I'll I'll get into that explanation later. But <laughs> right. We, we got we got a story to say about this one. But what was your inspiration to write this story? Um you know what? Honestly, I just, I love 1998. <laughs> so that was like my coming of age year, but I was obviously much younger and more. 1998, I was 14. So, oh, but wow. I just feel like that was such a, you know, a transitional year and, you know, the music, the, the clothing, the culture. And um, I was speaking with my husband one day and he just was like, you know what? You should write a book in the nineties. And I'm like, you're right. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this right now. And in 98 was just the perfect year for me because it, it, it was a year that I remember so much. And, um, it, and the story just kind of wrote itself, you know, once I decided the time period and a more came to me, um, you know, everything else just kind of unfolded. Well, oh thank him God. for saying you should write a 90s book. <laughs> yes. You thank tell you. him, we say thank, thank you. We, yes. we, look, we tip our Kiara to him for this. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now, 
And look, as you could probably already tell, so you know, I know that you might not have known, but as you can tell from our reactions, for me and even for Crystal, like the nineties is like the best effort ever. 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 Yes, ever. The style, the music, the everything. Like yeah. so you in I just wanted to say that because you answered my actual next question, which was what made you, you know take this story from a 90s retro point of view and the point that you said you know that was just my coming of age moment now mm-hmm. I, I, I'm highlighting that because I want to keep that statement in mind for later on what you right. said <laughs> um, yes because I have something to say about that actual statement that you said <laughs> that, that line of look look at that that was just the literary gods coming into play for you to say that for you to say that so, moving off that, so now that we know why you wrote it, and, and besides it just being the best era ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, like, seriously, <laughs> I tell everybody, I, like, I am so 90s. I, I, <laughs> I, am, I don't I'm listen so to 90s. music, but from the 90s. Like, I, Mary J. Blige? Oh, that's my girl. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my girl. <laughs> yes, I was like, I'm so 90s, it's ridiculous. Like, my yes. radio station is sent to a 90s <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, hor- I'm horrible with it I'm so bad <laughs> you incorporated several societal issues in such a way that it just naturally fit and I absolutely love how you use these issues that impacted us then but still impact yes. us now like police brutality and racism and the abduction and murder of young black girls like <laughs> But why did you choose to include those societal, you know, elements instead of allowing it to just be a summer love story? Um, because okay, so let me put this the simplest way without going on and on because I can go on and on. <laughs> but um, when I write, I just feel like um, I like to have a lot of layers in my writing, and I mm. feel like when you have a love story while well, when I have a love story um, I like to have other elements around that love story that kind of either test it you know makes it stronger mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just always been something that I've been a fan of when reading or even watching film I, I don't ever like just a, just you know just a love story I just feel like in real life there's other things happening while people mm-hmm. are falling in love you know and um, I think that that's like the beauty of it is, especially in this story, this girl has this love that she gets to learn and grow and, and escape to in the same time that she's dealing with so many other, you know, real life things that's happening to her and um, just the world that's happening to, to both of them, actually. So I, I mm. like to do that because I just think it makes it more real and, and a little bit less, you know, of a fantasy. Yes, I, I like that. You. I like yes. that, and I, I definitely like that. <laughs> right, I just had to, you know, I wanted to definitely let people know, like, hey, it's a love story, but you you have some deep messaging in there, and I definitely thank you. That. I thank you for that. Yes, and talking about deep um, colorism, like, was a big thing in the '90s. So, right. did you have any experiences that contribute to the book? Um, I 
I think everybody has, you know, I think any, any black girl, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever in you were on, you, you've experienced it. And I have in my family, women of all beautiful shades and um, friends, you know, I've grown up right. with people and I've, I've seen it. And even, you know, with black girls that are lighter skin, you know, we we dealt with the fetishizing of like the Hispanic girls and the white girls, you know, so like mm-hmm. I even threw that in there a little bit. I, I just think it's something that everybody kind of knows about, um, mm-hmm. especially if you were around at that time. But even now, you know, it, it's it's a mm-hmm. deep wound that hasn't healed yet in our that is so true. culture. Um, yeah. And I hate it. I hate it. You know, I have a... Um, beautiful beautiful brown daughter you know what I mean yeah, I have yeah. to tell her every day how beautiful she is you know um so it's just something that I touch on but I I hope that by touching on it it can you know bring awareness and just kind of one day we get past it and realize that we are all beautiful that is so true and i'm with you on that because i have um like you said i have a beautiful brown skin daughter i prayed to have a brown skin daughter Mm -hmm. right i i really did i prayed because i was just like you know i felt like brown is so beautiful it's gorgeous right i I, 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 I envy my daughter's skin tone yes like i Mm -hmm. like you are beautiful yes i you know I, and I'm fair skin and I got a little bit dark over years, but I was very light. And so mm-hmm. I experienced that other side where it's like, you know, I the guys was like, okay, yeah, you like, right, we want you. And then the girls kind of hated on me a little bit. Right. So yeah. I got that. But I was like, when I got my daughter in there, it hurt me to my heart when she was like a preteen. And she was like, oh, I wish I was light like you because... The you know the guys and all. I said, uh-uh, no, ma'am. No, this is no. not going to do. Yes. Yeah, do. no. I had yeah. to break that out of her real quick. I was like, nope, nope, nope. I was like, you are beautiful. I was like, no, I prayed to God that you would be brown skinned, baby. <laughs> and, and see, I am a dark skinned girl. So I grew up with it. So, and then all my friends that were, that I hung around with, they were light skinned girls. So it was always, they got all the attention. And then it seemed like I get in the 10th grade, my 10th grade year of high school. And it's just like, whoa, where's all this attention coming from? So, you know, and then I happened to have, and I was sharing this story with Untamed, I had a friend um, that I met on the summer before I started high school, and she just put so much confidence in me being dark and just constantly telling me I was beautiful, don't listen to what people say about you, because like in middle school, it was a big pick on, oh, you dark, blah, 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 but I was me, so most of the time I was about beating people up, but, (laughs) you know, yeah, I'm going to beat you up, You be careful what you say. But, um, you know, so I've embraced it as I got older, especially in high school. And like you said, it was hard. But yes, if you just keep on telling her she's beautiful, she hears you and she appreciates mm-hmm. it because then nobody else in this world cannot tell her she's not. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. else say to her. She's going to say my mama always told me I was beautiful. So I don't care what you say. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. definitely. So that's how I feel. But it's it is really bad that we're still facing that this day and time. But you know, we're still facing a lot of things this day yeah. and time that we shouldn't yes. be facing. So Absolutely. yes, and that brings me to Tammy's friend Kim. Mm. So <laughs> why was Tammy okay with her saying nigga? Like she was okay with it. You know, 
Um, I think it's a, a culture thing. Tammy grew up and she was in Jersey City, but she grew up very sheltered. And right. um, I do know people like this. So, so yeah, I, I went to high school with a guy who, you know, um, he was black, but he, he had all white friends and he would make these black jokes. And he, it, it was just like, for me, it was so uncomfortable, but for him, he didn't say anything wrong with it. And um, I think with Tammy, right. And not just with this situation, she's very, um, She's sweet. She's funny, but she's a little bit right, a little bit of an airhead. Like she's, she's mm-hmm. like, she's oh. smart, book smart, but doesn't have a lot of common sense, you know. And she's that very girl dreamy. Got on my nerves. She got <laughs> on my nerves. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> she's, she's very dreamy. So I just yes. feel like with her, um, she's a very like keep the peace kind of person, you know. Like mm-hmm. you know, everything's rolls off her back. She just doesn't see a problem with certain things. Then and Amor is extremely conscious. Um. You know, even though Tammy grew up in a very urban area and and Amor grew up suburban, um, I think that that just kind of proves that we're still who we are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, Amor's upbringing with her mother um, being very down to earth and conscious, I think that that had an influence on who she became. And then Tammy's mother was very, you know, Jackie was, you know, it was about school and, and looking good and, and, and it was just, um, it was different. So I think that they just had different views on a lot of things, not just that. Yeah, I, I in my mind, and I did say this to Crystal because we had read it at two different times, so I, I didn't want to say it, but I kept telling her, like, she's like, she get down my nerves. I said, I said, you know what? She is just that typical eighteen-year-old mm-hmm. who's naive. Right. In my mind, in my mind, <laughs> I was saying, I'm like, yeah. See, Tammy's mama was Bel Air, and, and, and right, was, right. My mama was Hillman. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's, that is definitely true. And the thing is, because when she said it in the book, I jumped like, oh. And and most of the time, it doesn't bother me when I read it. You know, but for some reason, I think because I was listening to it, that's probably why. So to hear it and then her voice that, you know, that Shayna Smalls used when she was talking as Kim, yeah. I think that's probably what threw me for a loop. But what you just explained, that that definitely made me feel like, OK, I get why she was OK with it. Because I was like, girl, she about to get hit. <laughs> like, <laughs> she lost her mind. Now, since we're talking about people losing their mind and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. that scene at the carnival with Karen, oh, and yeah. was there a reason behind you added that to the book? Because I felt like, you know, I'm always the type of person when I'm reading, I'm like, okay, there's a reason this is in the book, but I couldn't, you know, put it together with any other parts mm-hmm. of the book. So was there a reasoning behind it? Um, well, yes, absolutely. Um, so my father was a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I've been, you know, hearing the stories of, of our people, our struggles. And I use my writing not just to entertain, but to also shine light, you know, on those struggles. Right. And mm-hmm. I just feel like at that time in that era... And now, in a way, right. to show how little that has changed. And, you know, the Karen thing was just a play on. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll make her Karen, you know, because that's popular right now, the name. Mm-hmm. But um, the situation is, the situation is universal. You know, that that mm-hmm. I remember being younger and um, 
I saw things like that with my brothers, uncles, cousins all the time. Right. Um, you know, so it absolutely was a reason to put it in there just to kind of, you know, show what we deal with. And, and what I like about Last Stop, which completely shocked me, I had a lot of different races read this book. I really? had, this, is the, this is a book, surprisingly, mm. I've had so many white people and shout out Look. to the white people that read this last time. <laughs> shout wow. out to the white people who have right. about this book. And I'm like, wow, like I, 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 didn't, I don't I don't know why Look. it reached over there, but great. But Look. at that time I'm like, okay, good now. Now they can see the perspective. Now they can right. see, mm-hmm. you know, a young black man that you might see in the parking lot and think that you know, that's the same guy that did this to you. Now you can see a different perspective of how these two kids were just enjoying themselves at a carnival. And mm-hmm. maybe that'll make you think twice, like, okay. About doing that. You know, that. maybe I judge people. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. just a light, just awareness, yes. you know. Yeah, I, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that because, look, another, another point <laughs> <laughs> that, you bring, look, that you brought up that I... I that I'm actually going to cover at the end of this, but when I tell you that was so powerful and it was so impactful, um, yeah. it is so necessary because, like you said, it's something that we've dealt with that we're still dealing with is universal, and unfortunately, we're going to continue to deal with because as much as we would like for the entire world to change, it's just never going to happen. It's you never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Somebody out there is going to have their own, you know, warped perception based off race and, and, you know, ethnicity and color or whatever they want to say, whatever the prejudice is that they have been ingrained in them or that they learn from TV and social media is going to be there. And it's it's sad, but it's a a fact that... It's it's real. And and, and it's almost like I've I've been told, I've been told, I've been written, why I I don't read to read this. Why do you talk about this stuff? I read to you know for romance I don't want to hear this and my my thing is if there's so many re- there's so many romance novels out there that doesn't have this in it you know right. and, and not in a rude way at all but that is what you're gonna find in my novels is real life and I feel like racism unfortunately is is like in the fabric of this country so if mm-hmm. I'm gonna write a story that's real Right. I have mm-hmm. to talk about the real things that people are dealing with. And I think that that's always been important to me in my writing. Is I and want... I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yes. you. I just Thank want you. people to, to know, like when they read something like, OK, I can relate to this, you know. And yes, that. Yes. Because I feel like I feel like this was me in the summer because um, I was telling Untamed, I had a friend that she was from New Jersey. So one summer I went and spent um, my summer in New Jersey. I wasn't in Jersey City. I was in Patterson and Passaic. Okay. So, yeah. Close so enough. it's just like, yes, right. Close mm-hmm. enough. So it was, it was a little rough. It was, you know, like a culture change. I was born and raised in DC. So, you right. know, I was like, okay, it is definitely a culture shock, but like, I felt a lot of this, you know, cause in the nineties I fell in love. I'm sad to say I'm still in love with this person. I ain't married to him, but we still in love. But it's, it's, you know, so experiencing all of that. And I was just like, I just feel like you was talking about me in the 90s. So, yes, I appreciate this so, so much. Like, 
I, I, I can't even stop talking about it. It might be about mm-hmm. uh, next year I'll stop talking about it. Maybe. <laughs> right, right. Maybe. I, I appreciate it because I'm like you. I love a story that is real. I like right. to hear a complete story because, you know, it's it's nice and all to have all of the fluff and the, the grandeur mm-hmm. and all of those things, but that's just not how real life goes. And I like to read real life stories. So yeah. I appreciate it in your books. I love it. And I love Thank the fact you. that you you don't show, you don't you don't shy away from it. No. <laughs> I don't. And you, you know don't. what? And the thing is too, and, and just to be clear, I am not knocking anybody that does, you know, that the the, mm-hmm. the, the softer the stuff fluff, because right. I feel like the beautiful thing about literature is there's so many different types you know what I mean yeah right and just like when you're yeah. hungry and you want to go to a restaurant you know you might be in the mood for Italian or seafood or steak you know so I just feel like when you're in the mood for a certain thing when you want to feel light and free or when you want to get a little deeper and a little heavier and mm-hmm. I'm here right it is so so exactly and that's understandable too like it, you know it's just I want people to understand, you know, like you don't have to shy away from the book just because it brings it in a real way. <laughs> just, <Right>. You know, so <laughs> right. You just now you if you want to be prepared now. If you just want, you know, to stop and get you, like you said, if you was looking for just some quick America food, okay, well that's fine. Now this over here <laughs> gonna be soul food. Now. <laughs> this is gonna be some soul food. You yeah. gonna get a little bit of heavier meal over here, but it's okay. But you know. Speaking of that, another thing that I absolutely love, you also incorporated issues that plague Black families on an mm. internal level, like at, w- within our own household, like that right. you know, applies to us as a society. But right. the things that you had more and Marvin going through, struggling, you know, father-daughter relationship, the mm-hmm. Shelley's, you know, abuse and sexual promiscuity. Mm-hmm. the black man's internal struggles mm. and you know how on how to be men and when the world is against them you know you went so in depth with this and I just want to talk about that for a moment because those are topics even within our household especially with dealing with black men and their mentality and their feelings and the things that Shelly mm-hmm. went through we shy away from that you know right. those are those are those hidden family secrets and things that that we don't talk about it's taboo you right know? so I just want to applaud you for for going there and I want to ask you you know about that you know why was that necessary too for this story for you and I you know because all of it and you know I, my purpose is that I know people are like, oh, what she talked about this, she talked about that, but you so cleverly wove all of Thank this you. into this story. <laughs> you are welcome. That I just wanted to get your mindset behind those things, like the relationship between, you know, Marvin and Amor, and just yeah. those things that plague us as a black community. That, um, to be honest, is probably, if if not the favorite one of uh, one of my most favorite parts of writing last stop was writing um the dynamic between Amor and her father I feel like in a lot of art um books movies that deadbeat you know persona that we see Mm -hmm. it's always very um 
close-minded. It's like tunnel vision. Right. You know, you're Debbie, mm-hmm. you're a piece of crap, whatever. Um, and what I wanted to do and what I try to do is I try to take a villain and I try to show the reasoning and just make them human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So oh, I, just, I like that. I just wanted to kind of show that it's not always so black and white. You know what I yeah, mean? And and right. also, if people make mistakes, it, it doesn't mean that they stay who they were. You know, like things can progress. You can work on relationships. Um, yeah. You can, those things can be repaired. They don't have to stay so broken. And, um, you know, it doesn't always work out like that, but sometimes it does. And sometimes, you know, a, a Debbie that is a Debbie that is just a piece of crap. And sometimes, you know, there's a little bit more to the story as with Marvin, um, you know, with his war, with his um, PTSD and just the different things that he had dealt with. Uh, It was important to me to show that different angle of that um, broken relationship with the black father missing out of the household that we see so much. Can I say something about that real quick before you finish answering the question? Mm-hmm. I appreciate you showing him, telling her why he was not there. Because there are some fathers who will not say why they wasn't there. Right. And mm-hmm. they'll just chalk it up to, don't worry about it, I'm here now. Or ask right. your mother. But he was man enough to say why he wasn't there. And that probably, I feel like that hurt him more than anything, but he got it out and he was honest, but then it made her look at him differently. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate you for letting him say, this is why I was not here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Shelly. So, you know, like, like she was saying, that's kind of a taboo right there in Shelly's story and with her dad and the promiscuity so you know and that that always plays a play they feel like you know girls who are hot and promiscuous they mm-hmm. had things happen to them so just you know you talking about that and putting it out there mm-hmm. um was like a lot because one thing that was kind of hard it was a lot of some of the pieces of the book were hard for me to like read but when they made that joke about her and about her, you know, not being her dad. I forgot how they exactly said it, but, oh, I don't right. want to be your dad. And I was just like, ooh, like, that's hurtful. But, you know, they didn't feel it. They, they, I feel like they wanted it to be hurtful, but I don't think they understood how hurtful what right. they said was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, how many times does that happen? You know, right. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like, how many Shelleys are there out there? We were growing up, you know, there's always been mm-hmm. that, you know, that girl and, oh, you know, she's this way. She's with a bunch of people. She's, you right. know, a whole this and that. But there's never really a look into, you know, what lies underneath that and what that person's story is. And um, I think that, well, first of all, I'm I'm an advocate for um, childhood sexual abuse. Like, I am very, very... Um, vocal about where I stand. Um, I've been a part of organizations and, you know, I, I've, I've done a lot of work in that. Mm-hmm. So I don't shy away from that in my books. I use, you know, I wish I could do so much more. Right. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I can do is use my voice 
And I, I don't, I don't limit myself with using my voice just to remind people that this happens and also remind people of what can happen to the people that, that go through it. And right. hopefully we can be a little bit more sensitive to people, you know, and just, and not, not really judge uh, someone based on how they are, you know, without really knowing what made them that way. So, yes, I like that. Yeah. I definitely do. And I'm just going to take this little somber convo we just had real quick and make a little a laughter out of it because I swear the funniest part in this entire book uh-huh. is when they jump Shelly. <laughs> When uh-huh. Shelly and the girls jumped a more, no. and that girl said, Hiya! <laughs> I had to pause the book and say, What in the hell did I just read? That was the funniest thing I've ever read in a book. Ever. She, she said, she, she said, did this girl just say, I said, she said, did this, she said, what did Tammy just say? She said, did this girl just take a ninja stand? I, yeah. I was going to talk about, she talked about hard. Yeah. <laughs> she getting beat up and her hair pulled and she's asked, is this girl just taking a ninja stand? I thought that was the funniest scene ever. I was like, oh my gosh. But you know what? Like, I wanted to show Tammy's loyalty, right? Like to me, that yes. shows. She's not a fighter, you know, right. but she's, she's clearly not a fighter, but she's Definitely. going to, you know, she's going to have her cousin's back. She's going to do what she right. got to do, however she does it, you know. Right. I would have told her after this, right, after this, I'm going to beat you up for just doing that. <laughs> That thing was so funny. Yeah. I got all more. I got it. I said, whoa. Tammy, I, I high five you because you could have got your behind stomp. Yeah, right. Yeah. She definitely could have. <laughs> yes. I said, wow. Okay. Th- that was hilarious. I definitely loved that. And then, you know, so one thing, because I know um, Antonia was asking about Amor and Marvin struggling as a father and daughter. Mm-hmm. And then Amor had, when he picked her up from the police station and she was like, you know, if you would have been in my life, mm-hmm. then, you know, how it, basically saying if you was my, something, I can't even say exactly what she said, but basically telling me if you would have been in my life. So my question is, how would this story have turned out if he was in her life? Like if she was spending summers with him, like how would this story have turned out? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole nother book, right? Like, I don't know, right? Right. Now she's a different person, right? Right. And now he's different. And now she's, you know, in Jersey City more, maybe already knows Gabe, you know, maybe, you know, it it, it, changes so much. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) I will say this. Now she brought in that part about her daddy picking up let me tell you something. I love me some damn Marvin, okay? Yeah. <laughs> With his Hawaiian shirt. I love me some Marvin. Girl, when I tell you, she, now she was screaming off the high yacht. I got two things that I was screwing off of. This is one thing that I told her about before she started reading. I said her daddy screwed up in that police station and was blaming Gabe. And she said, it was me. And he said, so you the dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tell you, I'll pause the 
this book and I probably laughed for 10 minutes trying to gather my stuff. He is such a classic black father. Yes, he is. That's a black parent for real. Yes. I was like, man. Yeah, so it was you. That thing tickled my spirit so hard. I was like, Lord, this so I was looking looking up in heaven. My mama, Lord bless her soul. She passed 2004. I was like, Lord have mercy, Mary. That's you. Yes. Pretty much. I love me some Marvin, honey. Can nobody tell me about Marvin? You yeah, know, he Marvin. might have been the villain some more, but I loved him. <laughs> from the beginning. Like literally from the beginning, just how you started it out. And she describing the car and he was like, I'll get that window for you because it, it's kind of hard to roll up. Like everything about him was the best. Cause like he wanted them dads you'd be embarrassed about, but all your friends love him. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. You embarrassed about him, but your friends love him. Like, oh, yeah. where your dad at? So yeah, that's exactly how Marvin was. So then, you know, like basically continuing my other question. Once Marvin got himself together, why didn't he reach out and try to be in a Moore's life? I think that and and I and I know people like this. Um, there's a certain level of shame that right. comes with that. And I think unfortunately when those relationships get that rift and so much time passes, people are afraid of how the other person will receive them. Right. And I think that they're afraid of that rejection. And they're afraid of like almost that mirror being held up to them, you know, like this is what you did wrong. It's easier to just run away from it. You know what I mean? It's that easier to just say, you know, I made a mistake and that person doesn't want anything to do with me. It, it's it's too much, you know, too much damage has been done. I'm just gonna walk away. And and I think that we do that a lot in as humans. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not just with, you know, um family relationships, friendships. Um, regular relationships, you know, we just, we, we are afraid of having those tough conversations. We're afraid of when we make a mistake, uh, you know, admitting it and talking about it, it's easier to just walk away and just, you know, give up. And I think that that is where he was. I think that he had so much shame. He just decided to just go on with his life and almost she was better off without him. Yeah. yeah, and that was sad, but like I said, I always say better late than never. Right. Better late than never. So she lost her mom, but she got her dad, and then she got her dad into adulthood and everything. So I always say better late than ever. Um, now, yeah. my next thing, and this is something, and like I said, I'm from D.C., so, you mm-hmm. know, people, yeah, you know how rough D.C. can be. I've lived mm-hmm. in Southeast. And yeah, so I've been in areas where my building is right here and then another building right here. And I've had people call me like, you know, you're on the news where you're building on the news. And I'm like, why? It was like, oh, it was a shooting right in the building next to you. Well, I ain't hear enough and I was asleep. So I knew that. But what I wanted you just to explain to us is when Amor X gave, what did he want? And he said 23. Can you just explain that? Because I like literally, like I said, I've heard it so much, but you know, just in case other people didn't know what you mean by that, just tell them. Right. Like the white people that read the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So listen up white people who read the book. She's about to drop it for you. Okay. So you'll understand. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, you know, Gabe 
grew up in the projects. He lived in the projects. He lived in Jersey City. He was in the streets. Um, mm-hmm. So when you and I, and I, you know, I know I grew up in Jersey City. My family's from Jersey City. I know a right. lot of people um, that have lived the life. So for it to be that simple is almost sad. You know what I mean? When you have Mm -hmm. young people that have all of these like aspirations, like Amor, you want to go to college and you you have this career path and this is what I want and I want to have kids and I want to get married. And then there's some kids that seriously just want to make it to their next year. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was saying. Like, what? Like, I'm not even thinking about 24, 25, 26. I just want to make it to 23. Yes. But what I'm going to say to you, what you did, and hopefully they understood this later on, like you said, those white people who read the book, if you didn't (laughs) understand this, and now you just heard it, then you will understand when he came back, when Gabe came back to him more later and said to her about starting uh, or online on cloud with music. And she was like, oh, they're going to sue you. So then all of a sudden, he saw that he can have a life past 23 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that I like when you put that I was like yes mm-hmm. he showed yeah. that he can do this that he can dream to get you know be bigger than what he is right now right so yeah. yes thank you for that thank you and I yeah. think a, a big part of that was um showing the change in him from being with them more right you know yeah. Yeah. the, the yeah. like he said um and, and I'm terrible at re-quoting what what I wrote. People quote my. I'm like, I said that. Wow, that that sounds really. I'm camping. Girl, that. but um, <laughs> he says something like, um, "You're my hope." Yes, I was out here. Yes, hope. yes, yes. yes. Oh, so, he said a nigga was out here real life hopeless. Girl, you ain't got. I got you. Yes, I know exactly what you say. Yes, baby. He said. He said, why would you want to be my girl when you're so much more than that? You're my hope. Oh. A nigga was real live out here hopeless. Mm-hmm. Baby, let me tell you. Okay. I was just gonna say if if y'all hadn't really figured this out by now, I didn't kind of re- listen to this, but I listened to it, okay? Then I went around <laughs> I, Yes. I, 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 I'm spoiling this. I listened to it. Then I went and bought <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the ebook. The e-book. <laughs> Thank so, you. you. Oh, I, I had the ebook and the um audio at the same time. That's me. Oh, thank was, you. You're welcome. I can't do one without the other. I had the audible and I listened to it. And so then I was I got so deep after I listened to it, I went back and bought the ebook oh, and had man. the audible. So I've listened to this. Look, I've listened, read this story probably three times. Wow. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, I, I was like, so the speaking of the game with the more, as you can see, I love their love story. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. Uh, I live for Gabe to say so ammo. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I live, I live to hear him say so ammo. And she really did not get that at first. Like she there was a point where she was like, Why does he say that? Like, right. right. So can you just explain? I totally get it. Because now I have not fit in this book. <laughs> but, but can you just explain for the people who might not have understood the meaning behind him saying so, Emma, what he was actually feeling when he said it, what he meant? 
It was just like, um, you know, his his total just adoration for her. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like it was just like, it's so her. Like, everything mm-hmm. that, you know, usually when he said it, it was just um, probably a feeling that, especially as a dude, you know, he didn't want to, mm-hmm. he couldn't really articulate it, you know? So it's just like right. feeling this feeling and it's just, it's so ammo, you know? It was her, it was him, like he said, you know, hurricane ammo, just, you know, stirring up emotions inside of him and and um everything that was peaceful or beautiful or you know funny or you know she says something and it just knocks him off his feet a little bit it's so ammo you know yes. and I, honestly I don't know where it came from I, I couldn't tell you where it came from when writing well, I, don't, that was, I don't remember that at all that little bit <laughs> Oh my gosh, that little bit from him with her, it was like that was just their thing. And uh, to me, it was like he, it was just like you said, I knew it was his way of just admiring her, you know. And right. that's that one thing that people don't understand. Well, the good white people might not understand. When you got a dude <laughs> from the hood, hood, yep, and he actually falls in love. A lot right. of he has he a lot of admiration for the girl comes before mm-hmm. the love settles in. It sure does. And because she, like he said, he knew she was the one that was gonna come and fuck shit up. Hurricane mm-hmm. Emma, you know, Hurricane mm-hmm. Emma. And, and, and that meant she he knew that she had the ability to change him and infect him in a good and positive way. And he he knew that it was something he needed, but they kind of shy from that because right. It doesn't seem that they're ever gonna get anything that's lasting and loving and right and something that will withstand the test of time. And when they get it, they just have such an adoration for it, and that's usually right. through you know the love of a woman. And so I love when he said, "So Emma, girl, I was like, love her mercy." I'm looking at my husband like, "Baby, I need a Linda Ockbar foot massage <laughs> in the back." You of know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me climb up in the back seat of this car. <laughs> Right. That's why I said these folks don't know about the nineties. They don't know about the nineties. They don't. They don't. But you know, and speaking of gay, like he was just he was so mature beyond his years. Um, and a more even in her naivety, she knew even though she knew gay was from the streets, but she just was like. She knew he wasn't of the streets. Right. And she felt indifferent about Pyro, whereas even though Gabe was a hood figure too. So do you think that Amor felt Pyro was only about the street life and that's what made Pyro and Gabe different in her eyes? Um, okay, so you're going to laugh because I'm like, <laughs> who is <laughs> perish, 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 perish. I love it. <laughs> like, like y'all know that meme with that lady with all those numbers and she's looking around like that. Yes. I'm, like, I'm like, wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so um Parish 
he's not a he's not a terrible guy, right? But even right. Parrish knows what Parrish is, you know. Like yeah. I think that um, it was just one line that I just said it. It embodied his character when he's just like, you know, Tammy, if you don't go marry the president and get the fuck away from me or something, you know, like right, yeah, like, yep. he knows he's not ever gonna be that guy that is going to be able to put um anything above you know the streets Mm -hmm. and who he is and his reputation and what he has to do so I think that that is a that is the drastic difference between them um you know when Amor uh pulled Gabe out of that car the night with his brother um he says to her you know you put me in a position to have to go against basically go against his boys for her mm-hmm. you know threatening to snitch even though she wasn't you know mm-hmm. you're putting me in this position to defend you and go against them and mm-hmm. I think that that just shows um, where he was at with her versus oh, and, you know somebody like Parrish and he let, and let me tell you he showed it so many times and, and, and Dio was, was right on Dio just start um, this nigga off like this girl just <laughs> <laughs> start this nigga Calm down. Right. But Dio, Dio, Dio. I love Dio. Yes. Love Dio was what Dio was like the hood uncle. Like, you know, he, he out in the streets, you know, everybody listen to Dio because Dio know what he's talking about. Like, that's who you listen to. Now you don't listen to mud, little ditzy. Yeah, that one right, right there. It is so crazy though. Because, like, Doppelganger. Dio. He was dumb. He was dumb. (laughs) But it was like a funny dumb because it's like, is this nigga really this dumb? (laughs) Yeah. 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 um, It's weird because Dio ended up being like the unsung hero of the book. I've never, Mm -hmm. like, I never expected Mm -hmm. so many people to hit me like, I love Dio. I love Dio. Yeah. Really, he was such like a. A, you know, a smaller character, but I think it's great that people love him like that. That that makes me happy. <laughs> his character, because, like you said, Dio was the hood uncle. Yeah. But Dio didn't have a lot to say, but whatever he said, it was so impactful. It spoke about I, I I love how you so cleverly came back and made a more reflect on it when he said, "Make him do some shit." Like yep. she understood it. And right. She didn't understand it at first, but she understood it when it came back to her in that moment. Right. Yep. And I got look, I gotta go back to Paris for a minute because I ain't gonna lie, like I, I love Paris too. I don't know what it is, but you had me loving all of these. <laughs> yes, that's what I was about to say. Every character. I loved every character. <laughs> Tammy got on my nerves, but I loved every character. Yeah, thank like, you. I knew Paris was about the street life and that was it. But I loved him because even in his moment with Tammy. He was so upfront with her and so mm-hmm. straightforward with her, yeah. even though she didn't get it a hundred percent. But right, it that was poor the point baby. That, well, you what know what? Parrish was an old to, um, to me. Like when I first fell in love with reading urban fiction, I feel mm-hmm. like Parrish is the old school urban fiction book bag, right? Like yes, that's what a is. lot of the urban fiction books started off with the Tammy Parish. Yep. That that would have been its own book, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like that was just the ode to that, you know, classic fly guy, unemotional, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it was cool, but I I just 
I wanted to go in a different direction, but also just kind of pay homage to that guy, you know. So yeah. I, I understand I think, the appeal because he's he like I said, he is what a lot of the book days have been based off of that kind of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna ask you this because I, I really I felt this in a way, and I think this is why one of the reasons why I felt like I just did kind of love Parrish. He was a street guy who couldn't put anything else above the street. But I felt like he really cared for Tammy. Like he didn't want to. But, but he, he did. did. Mm-hmm. But he did. And especially when he had his reaction to about what happened. And he, right. he said he just slumped over. And, and even in the end when it was like, you know, he, he never really recovered from that. So did he really care for Tammy? I wouldn't look. I felt like that. But no, I, I, think, I think so. And you know what? Yeah. I think he cared for her even before they became anything romantic. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he probably cared for her even when he was, you know, with her sister mm-hmm. and he just saw the potential in her and, you know, what she was becoming. I think I, I absolutely, absolutely do think he cared for her. I do. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he left at, left his house, what, 2.30 in the morning? Most dudes, yeah. them, them street dudes were like, are yo, you got to get up out of here. You got to go. get up out of here. <laughs> you got to get up out of here. So I'm leaving, you leaving. But that man said, stay where you at and don't leave. Yes. So that told me I was like, yeah. He was like, it's too late in the morning. Stay where you at. Don't leave. But now they famous for saying you gotta go, yo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You gotta go. I felt felt like Parrish, you know, even and you could tell that even from the first time the reader saw them interact, and because for as street as he was, he was he had that little ounce like of care. That mm-hmm. you don't see for nobody else, like right. you know, he was up there tearing up this whole damn house with this dude throwing that news. But you know, it was like you knew, like you felt it, like he just was, he had this, like I said again, this admiration for her, right? And as I was like, mm-hmm, I say, I think he really cares. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> he really do care. And I'm her. I'm glad that you guys picked that up, and I'm glad that you picked it up in a way that it's like subtle, where you're like. I think he cared about her because right. that was very important to me and, and it always is, is um, how authentic I make the characters, right? Not necessarily what we want them to be, right? Because everybody right. would want the super hard thug dude to, you know, all of a sudden just turn to mush for this girl. But that's not, it, it's not realistic to me for him no. to just be like, you know, yes, I completely fell in love with you, Tammy, and I'll change my life, you know? So, I, yeah. I wanted it to be that little bit of, you know, something he says or something small he does that you'll go, okay, you know, maybe this is a little something more for him than, you know, just physical. Right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that the question is asked, did he? Because it, it lets me know that that line was straddled well. <laughs> yes, yeah, it definitely yeah, was. It really was. It definitely it really was. was. <laughs> oh, so... Let's talk about Tammy. How oh. hard was it to write that scene? Because when I talked to Untamed, I told her, mm-hmm. I said, I didn't realize I was crying. Because, you know, I sleep with a fan on me, so I was just wiping my eye. And I set up, I was like, wait a minute. Your other eye is running too. Like, it hit me so hard. And I, like I said, I told Untamed, I said, this girl gets on my nerves. She's a loud mess. But mm-hmm. that scene right there, Oh, yeah. like how hard was that to write? Was it hard to write? 
It was, um, and not, and not, um, not as far as emotional, which it was emotional, but it right. was hard as far as just my challenge. I wanted to, I'm a big fan of horror, thriller, um, and I've never ventured into that with my writing. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do this right, right? I don't know what I'm doing. And right. I didn't want to make a mockery of it. I didn't want it to be weak sauce. So, you know, I It was that. not. It definitely it was, not. was not. It was not. That it is was the not. only chapter in the entire book that I refused to read. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I can't do it. I but can't do it. I had to yeah. write it again and again and again. And when <gasps> I thought it was done, I said, no, like I have, I have to reread this and mm. want to be sick. Like I have to, I have to cry. Mm. I have yeah. to cry. So, oh, I cry, I cry, and I told, I told um, Crystal, I said, by the end of this, you will be in tears. Yes. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You must, you, you messed us up. I'm gonna just let you know, you messed I'm us sorry. up. Sorry, <laughs> but it's no, okay. okay. It was a it's good okay. mess up. Yeah, that was yeah. a good mess up. Like I had to do, you know. Yes. Like I think with that scene too, um, what was missing, and when I did it, I was like, okay, this is it. Was the mommy, and I think yeah. as a mother, yes, um, yes. You know when I when that point came I, I was like something it, it's just something not making this real it can't be like a lifetime movie you know like something has to make you feel like you're in this trunk with this girl and then I right was like, mm. you know what is a teenage girl who thinks she's so grown but now she's mm-hmm. in this moment and she's mm-hmm. helpless you want your mommy you know you want what your I mean? mommy and it was want just like and and just the reality of knowing that her mother wasn't gonna save her. That was like right. That was yeah. But I was like, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, and I promise you, um, for me, that was such an emotional moment because, like you said, nineteen ninety eight was your year. I graduated high school in ninety seven, so I all of my high school formative years right. was in the nineties. Right. <clears throat> and I just, I remember, you know, going places with my friends and. Not you know it, it, as a teenager I wasn't is it I wasn't as airheaded as Tammy <laughs> but you still as a teenager do some shit you know oh yeah right shit. yeah and mm-hmm. I just reflect you know all the times like in that moment when I was with my friends or by myself doing some ignorant stuff like oh my God thank you God for for yes. sparing right. me you know right. and I was just like oh my God oh my God. But that scene was so powerful. But it, sure was. it was the way you wrote it was necessary. You couldn't water that down. And mm-hmm. I say it's the only only chapter I can't reread. But I mean that in such a good way because you wrote that scene so that whole chapter so well mm-hmm. and so yeah. believable that I can't even let it sit on me more than just that one time because my, I was so upset. So, you. I, and you know, it, it's one of those things I wouldn't, I don't even think you need to read it more than once. <laughs> you know? No, like, you don't. Yeah, you really don't. Like, yes. You know, and the way Nicole it. Smalls delivered it, it just yeah, made Lord. it so much. It just put so much of an impact. It just made it so much harder. Yeah. And 
I mean, I was wiping and I'm as I'm wiping, they still falling. I'm like, I couldn't catch up. <laughs> I yeah. am, I am so, so thankful. That oh, it was man. her to do the you know narration for that. I, I think she did an amazing yeah. job. She, she, she sure did. She <laughs> sure did. Let me tell you something. I promise you, Nicole and I tell I've told this uh, to a few people. Nicole Small, I used to listen to audiobook back <clears throat> back when I worked uh it was like a nighttime job doing claims and stuff. But mm-hmm. back then <laughs> Back then, it was kind of really monotone, and so, but it was okay for what I was doing because I needed something to get me through my work shift. But okay. then I got away from it. She was the person who got me interested back in audio. Like she introduced me back to audio book, and I was like, "Oh, I'm here for it now." Okay, the way that she delivered, and she did a a dynamic job of delivering your book. Um, and just uh, everybody's voice, girl. Even, even yeah. um, the Spanish clerk, oh, Guapo, Guapo. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I everything she did. Yes, but I look, I'm gonna move off that heavy note that we were on. Speaking of things, <laughs> you had so many memorable moments that just I, I, in this book, some of the things you were saying, we already talked about the doppelganger when Mud was mispronouncing it, and when he went, hey. hi, and how y'all and Marvin yelled at Amor and said you the dumbass. Right. And my personal favorite, when Gabe asked Amor, can he do something to her? She said, anything besides knock his dick against my cranium. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Girl, I was so done. I just wonder how much of that was intentional and how much of it was just you getting lost and letting your characters just because I was just uh, honestly oh, most of it was just me getting lost like I, I once once they started going um unfortunately there's a lot of cut conversation um it's, it's, it's the easiest thing once I get into the characters and and it just goes on and on with these conversations and these jokes and these you know and then I end up in the end having to cut a lot of it because I'm like, I can't just have this book with these people talking as much. But it, it really was just very natural. The things oh, that they, you know, came back and forth with. <laughs> yeah, and that I mean, but that's how people are, like, especially yeah. when you're so comfortable with each other. And I mean, like you said, being around them hood dudes, they, they like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they definitely all like that. Yes, they are. I was like, I said, I gotta ask her just how much of this was just, you know, her or was it just the characters? Because man, I that was so hilarious to me. You had me pausing this book a bunch of times. Just Just laughing. Like, especially, look, I'm gonna tell you how bad I was about it. (laughs) With the doppelganger, I was sitting listening to it. My son walked past me and I'm just hollering now I got my um wireless headphones in so they couldn't figure out what I was laughing about because of course it looks like I'm just sitting in the chair just laughing at nothing (laughs) so so I had explained to them that I'm listening to this so like I took my headphones I was like my oldest son he's 19 going on 20 and my other son he's like 14 I was like okay y'all old enough to hear this thing gonna be saying nothing I mean y'all have heard customers so I let them uh, listen to it and they are just they was over there in stitches laughing at mud <laughs> when this doctor got my son was like what book is this and I was like this is my 14 I said nothing you can listen to <laughs> right my oldest son was like 
I might well, I might be interested in this. I like it. I said, now you you almost twenty. You need to probably, you know, yeah, you can mm-hmm. listen to it. So he, he's gonna listen to it too. But I just had to just tell you about that part because honey, it was that was hilarious to me. Now, now this is what I want to get into. We talked a little bit about and Crystal, you brought this up about Shelly. Yeah. Now I love how the GMR crew tried to pretend <laughs> they didn't understand a more engaged relationship while at the same time they kind of totally got it and respected right. it. And I hated that they continued to allow Shelly and her crew to be in their space. And at the same time, because of who they were, I got it. So, but in my mind, it's like, y'all know she really hit for game. So like, no, <laughs> pretty much. Why, why y'all not tell this girl to Step like look, I'm all the way back in the 90s with this legal talking about stepping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was it solely because of their convenient access to her, even though they knew like all of them knew that she really wanted games? Oh, but, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You know, like I unfortunately, you know, uh, I know those girls, you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes you just want to attach yourself like, okay, we're reading about Gaben and a lot of people find him attractive, you know, he has charisma. So she wants to attach herself to these guys. They are like the hood superstars, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if she can't have them the way that she wishes, she'll have them however she can. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of young guys, take advantage of that you know a lot of young guys know that a girl wants more from them than what they're given and they're gonna just take advantage of the fact that she's you know she's giving it yeah yeah she's head over heels for you and you just want something from her so that is that you know yes yes absolutely (laughs) and you know i said in the beginning we don't need a sequel because this story was complete I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to follow up with somebody. So, what the hell is going on with Hawk? What? Now, I will say this: I do kind of want Hakeem's <laughs> story. Or yes, because <laughs> you know he got hurt and couldn't play basketball. So, I'm like, did he right. ever get back to that? Or you know, hell, I don't care. I, I really, I'm so interested to hear what happened with Shelly's old mess and stuff. Right. <laughs> and mud and the crew. Like, I'm so interested in all of these characters. <laughs> I know I don't need a sequel at all, but I'm just so interested. <laughs> so, if you want to tell us, you know, what you think they might be doing, you can. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, man, don't give me in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and these readers would be like, what? You know, um, so I would say with Hakeem, in my mind, you know, unfortunately, I just feel like sometimes we have those legends lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got you. Kind of like a, kind of like a, a casualty of where he grew up, even though he was a good kid. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes that those bad stories just happen, but it doesn't mean that his life couldn't have taken a different turn. You know, he could yeah. could be good at something else. He could have right. gone on to college. You know, you never know. But, yeah. and I, I leave a lot of that in my books. And I know it frustrates people so much because I leave a lot of you never know. And what do you think? And, you know, but I just like that mystery. I've always liked that mystery. 
even with books that I read. Just kind of yeah. like letting your mind wander, you know, of what, what could be happening with those people. Yeah. And I feel like, too, you know, I say that because I just love these characters so much. But I also feel like at some point you have to, in your mind, envision what the story is. Because you can't yeah. tell their entire story. Yeah. And their story continues to go on. So with some things, you just have to envision in your mind right. what the story is. And, you know, and just allow yourself to get lost in that. And so I appreciate it. I'm just like, I'm just me being me because I love character, <laughs> character so much. I appreciate that. I yeah. love, you know, I love, don't get me wrong. I, I am so grateful and so humble when people want more. I mean, it is just yes. like such a compliment yeah. that people want more. But, Look, um, you know, I know what I don't need no more. And it's crazy because I know <laughs> this. I know this. <laughs> That's what she said. She told me she was like, this is the first, you know, this is a book that I've read that I don't need a sequel and I once I finished I was like I agree because it's like you know what's going to happen what's going to go what's going on and everything with yeah. the characters so yeah you did a phenomenal job with their stories and everything thank you yes thank you're you. welcome like I loved it like this is my first book by you and you just set the bar so I'm just like okay let me go I didn't already download seasons of fidelity one two and three like yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. I'm like, okay, okay. let me get started. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you something right now. I said to myself, I was so mad with her. I told Crystal this. I said, she said, well, have you read it to Kira? I said, yeah, I read Restricted and Restricted too. I said, I hope she remembered me because I was the one that was posting all this stuff on my page about <laughs> Jewels and I was mad. About, I didn't tell her what happened. But I was like, look, look now. Yeah. I'll look, not ask. Yeah. Real world. She put me on because she said, You got to read a book about here. I said, What do you suggest? She said, Read Restricted. And I said, She asked me out of time. She asked me how I read. I said, Girl, I'm on part two. What you talking about? <laughs> well, you know what? I might just go ahead, sis. There's only two books and those, and then three books. No, 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 hate me. Nah, you got me. <laughs> this book alone, like, I can be like, okay, I don't like that book, but no, this book alone, you ain't ever got, I'm a fan, oh. I'm a beat, yeah, to the, till the day I drop dead. Uh-huh. This, yeah, this, when you read a book, the first book by author, and it just snatched your soul, and it yeah. ain't gave it back yet, like, I was on my <laughs> deck with some margaritas listening to it. Like, wow. that's just how much I loved it. Wow. Girl, look, and I'm trying to tell you, I... I told her I I would get into that in just a second. I'm gonna hold my piece on it for a second because we we'll be on this for a second. But I'm gonna say this: this was the ending of this book was the dopest shit I have ever seen in my life. Amen. Uh, Amen. It was the dopest shit I've ever <laughs> mm-hmm. seen. Thank and I could have threw my phone without having to go and buy another iPhone and, and pay all that money. <laughs> <laughs> I would have threw my damn phone in this book. The way you told this story. Yeah. Oh my it ended it. My God it had it. I was like, you know what? I don't know what she is, but <laughs> somebody bowed down to her because my yes. God, this uh, you did that. This Thank was you. the best. You are welcome. 
Now, I said to myself, since young Takira only brought witness to this glorious story of Gabe and Amor, would Takira have her own Gabe and Amor story to tell? <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's no. my answer. I think I got an answer. <laughs> it's, it's not Gabe and Amor story, but... I always say, and I'll just say this, I never write about myself. I never will. If I actually wrote my life, people will probably call it unrealistic. Like, they would be like, this, this, this is too crazy. Like, right. So, you know, I have stories. But um, what I do is I, I just pull from the emotions from them, not necessarily the actual events. Got and, it. And, um, you know. I like staying in fantasy when it comes to my books. Oh. All right. <laughs> Look, now I'm gonna say this. It's probably gonna be one of the last things I say, but Crystal read your acknowledgments and had me go read the acknowledgments too. Mm-hmm. You know, we got- uh-huh. So look, so we was like, now wait a minute, is this story for real? <laughs> is this a real story? Yeah, uh, and it's because you said guapo, 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 guapo is guapo fine, 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 fine in real life. Yeah, right. he's fine, fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I said, wait a minute, guapo, guapo is fine, fine. So I was like, okay, she done read it. She done read that damn acknowledgement. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I'm look. I'm nosy like that. I want to know. Like I want to say, okay, maybe they might drop a little hint on something in the acknowledgments that I might miss, and I need to go back. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. So this man real, and where he at? <laughs> but if he married, I can't have him. But where he at if he not? <laughs> like, whew. I mean, mm, I just, you know. <laughs> I like to keep the mystery. That's fine. That is fine. Look, I'm just going to be bold and be like, who is Guapo Guapo? But if you don't want to ask on air, girl, you can DM me. I ain't going to tell them about it. <laughs> uh, you, no, no. You got to tell me because I well, need I to know. Crystal, you got to tell Crystal. And we won't tell nobody. <laughs> we won't tell nobody. Yes. Look, I was looking for Guapo Guapo. Finally, we're like, I'm like, wait a minute now. <laughs> Yes, guacamole. I meant that girl ain't never had guapo guapo, right? It was always guacamole. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So one thing I, I just have one last question. What should the readers take from this book? Mm. You know what? I think that of all my books, this one is probably the one that people have taken completely different things from. And okay. um and I love it. Um, you can take from it just, you know, the coming of age part with her, right? Mm-hmm. And, and her losing her mother. You can take the the hope from it, right? If right. you say if you're going through something tough and it seems like your life has completely changed and that you, you can't even see anything ever being better again. And then the same instance that she loses the most important person to her, she meets the love of her life. Right. You know, and her life takes a completely different path. Um, you can take the hope of that story, you know, take that hope from the story and know that you can't control life. You don't know what's coming next. And I think that was a big part of the 
uh, title of the book. You know, mm-hmm. it was her last stop from innocence, which was like her last point before she goes into adulthood and before she goes into the rest of her life, which completely changes now, because as we know from the ending, you know, she is now going through the rest of her life with someone else. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you can also take from it, um, you know, a lot of just the, the cultural aspects of it, um, the lack of attention to um, Black girls. Right. Things that, you know, happen to them and, and the lack of care and attention that um, we desperately we deserve. Yes. Right. Um, you know, just more awareness on things um and you know also man you gotta take away the appreciation for the 90s yeah appreciation yeah just like i i was so proud after writing this book because i just felt so like it it just gave me such a sense of like a black pride like i just you deserve it. You definitely you deserve it. it because you did it. You did yes. the dang on thing. You, you definitely did you did it. And I'll tell you this. I'm me, I'm taking the appreciation of storytelling from this story. Um, yes. You told such a complete story. Such a I mean, everything that you touched on you made sure that we saw the full picture, we understood the full picture. I tell you, like, um, anybody who knows me, they know, like, I, I love a good book, too, and I will, you know, rate a book according to what it deserves. Thankfully, I've read more four- and five-star books than, you know, anything below, but for this book, like, I... I I have a top 10. Like, I have a, I have a you know, four mm-hmm. or five star list. But I have an all-time favorite books list. And it's normally only about 10 that fits this list right. forever. Like, I've had the same <laughs> books on here forever. And the reason why I made a note of the coming of age and also the, um, when you were saying about white people were interested is because since I was 14 years old, it's a book by Lori Hewitt called Coming of Age that has been my number one all-time favorite book. And mm. I told Crystal this. I said, I called her and she says, when I finished it, I was crying 30 minutes before I called her. I called yes. her so I could have somebody to talk to. And I sat on the, we sat on the phone two hours and I cried the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, this book, I said, it's not sad tears, it's feel good tears. I said, because Crystal, this book has become my all time favorite book, like ever. Wow. And I said, mm-hmm. it was that impactful for me. And I said, um, this book is so good. This is, I said, this is her twilight. This is her, the hate you give. Like, oh my you God. should yeah. be on your New York Times bestseller, bestseller for this. Yes. This book. Wow. You should be on your book, New York Times bestseller circuit tour for this. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here going, I want to scream out to everybody I can. If you don't pick this book up and read right. it, it's change your life. <laughs> it definitely will. Thank I've been you. Not to you know do that, but I do want to. I, I did my review. I never do my review before 
the actual book of the month, but I did it because I wanted you to just hear what I was going to put. So this was my whole review, and then we will wrap this up. But my review of Last Stop for Innocence, y'all says, hands down, my favorite book by Takira Allen. Hands down, my favorite book of the year. Hands down, my all-time favorite book. This 90-scene eclectic story of Amor Brown is a history-making, legendary book for the ages. It has no boundaries. The tale is bigger than a story and broader than a genre. It is the hope of every brown girl with far-reaching dreams of knowledge, career, and love, however those dreams look. It is life in its rawest, purest, and most exposed form. Last Stops on Innocence douses you in an era, the best ever, of great times and hard knocks when people of color truly were on the cusp of finding themselves while dealing with the realities of who they were and where they come from. This coming-of-age novel is gripping yet tender, bewildering yet enthralling, all-consuming mm-hmm. yet loving, lost yet found. You fall in love with the more engaged, but the beauty is you also fall in love with Marvin the father, Tammy the cousin, Piru the local kingpin, Mud the crew member, everyone. Even the people you don't like, because everyone has a deeper story told through the eyes of Amor, the unsung champion for all of those around her, even as she figures out how to champion for herself after a summer of love, loss, and life from innocence to inspiration. And that, that was beautiful. Wow. <laughs> that wow. was beautiful. <laughs> that is like, I'm, oh my God. That was so touching. I'm yeah. just like, wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You are so welcome. I thank you. I I thank you. I thank you. I'm glad we read this book. I'm glad we picked it up. I mean, yeah. I I just don't even know what to say. I'm just, I'm I'm speechless. And I'm usually never speechless on books. But I'm definitely going to be champion for people to read this because if they don't read this, they shouldn't read anything else. Like I told my daughter, I was like, look, I need you because she's Mm -hmm. on both of my things. I'm like, just go ahead and listen to this book and just tell me. So I'm about to get on the like, Did you start listening yet? But yeah, <laughs> this yes. was uh, phenomenal. Wow. You uh, should have said Bogart and people. I was <laughs> yeah. my best friend. She don't even listen to Audible. And I was like, I done cussed her all the way. I'm like, you don't get this. <laughs> yeah, get this book. Yes. I yes. am just like, I'm so grateful. Um, you know, everybody has their own different paths, but mine has always been. Um, word of mouth readers that is that is what my career was built on and that is what it carries on um I I don't have anything else really so I am so grateful when you guys you know spread the word appreciate it and even if you know when people read it if, if they don't love it um, just talking about it and, and giving it that chance and then letting other people know about it. And, and that's how I grow. Um, and that's how I reach more people. So I'm just so grateful. I'm so humbled. I can't say it enough. I feel like when I say it, I, I feel like I say it all the time and I'm like, I hope people don't think that I'm just saying it. Um, I really, truly mean it. I am so grateful for the word of mouth and for the readers. So thank you. 
you are welcome. welcome. And like Crystal said, thank you for blessing us with your peace. Yes. <laughs> it, you are so necessary to the literary community. And I and I mean that from the bottom of my yeah, heart. Yeah, we yes. Oh my gosh, yes. And like I said, this is my first book by you. And you set the bar. So yeah, and you won't lose me. I promise. I don't care if I don't like restricted. If you make me mad, I'll just say, oh gosh. <laughs> But yeah. then I'll get over it because then I'll think, well, she did write the last stop from innocence. So, you know, you can't be mad. So I'll do that. I'll always remember that. Okay. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> well, Miss Secure, I want to give you a chance to just let the listeners know how they can reach you on social media and, you know, any other information that you want us to know, and especially where they can purchase last stop from innocence. <laughs> okay. So um, you can reach me on Instagram by Takira Allen. I'm on Facebook, Takira Allen. I have an author page, um, Takira Allen, on Facebook that I'm trying to do better at. I'm on Twitter and I suck on there, but I'm trying to get better. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you really have something that you really need to say or some kind of inquiry, you could always email heaveninc at live.com. My business partner, Sandra, is way better at getting back than I am, but she always gets the things to me. Um, and as far as the books right now, you know, Last Stop from Innocence is available on Audible, which everyone really enjoys Shane the Small. So if you haven't read it yet, I would say try it out that way. Um, and the Kindle version is also on Amazon and I will shortly be having a paperback sale of my novels um soon please please so, tag oh, me please yes tag me, me too me too i need i need an autograph copy i do yes tag please me. tag me yes <laughs> so yep and, you know follow me on social media and um i'll be posting that so Definitely. Awesome. Well, it was such an amazing time being here, having you on the Thank show. Thank you. Us. I really Definitely. enjoyed being here. It was so mm -hmm. fun going oh. back into Last Stop and really digging into it. And you know, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I I enjoyed it so so much. And I wish you had more time, but I know we have got to let you get out of here. She <laughs> is a busy lady, you guys. Yes. We want to be respectful of her time. So, Crystal, I'm going to let you go ahead and give out your social information and how they can reach you. All right. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, YouTube, and what is that other thing? Clubhouse at Books and Soul One. I'd make it short and sweet. <laughs> Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, I am author untamed. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter. I suck at Twitter too. Um, <laughs> Instagram and also TikTok and Clubhouse at author untamed. Please make sure if you'd like to follow Untamed Publishing, they are on Facebook at Untamed Publishing, also on Instagram at Untamed Publishing LLC, and on Twitter at Untamed Pub. Also, please make sure you follow the Get Caught Up podcast at <clears throat> Get Caught Up podcast on Instagram. Also on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. And we have a Facebook group now on Facebook at the Get Caught Up podcast. And so if you just search that, you'll be able to find it. And make sure that you come back every Wednesday for our author interviews and also for our book of the month. And Wednesdays at 1 p.m. for our Writer Wednesday tips. 
If you'd like to give out donations to the podcast, please hit us up on Cash App at dollar sign UT2016. Or if you'd like a sponsorship, just visit the website at anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. Now, you guys, I just want to tell you to please tune in next Wednesday for Dr. Robert Copeland as we talk to him about his book, The Synchronization of Life. And that's going to be April 6th. And our April book of the month is going to be The Trenches by Aubrey Penn. She'll be back, but that will be at IG Live on Wednesday, April 27th at 9 p.m. I cannot wait. Again, yes. So, again, (laughs) Takira, we have had so much fun with you tonight. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I have fun too. Thank you. Thank you so (laughs) much. Well, you guys, until next time, do not forget to get caught up. Good night. Good night. Make a holler, make a holler, make a holler